Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I'm sure that you do, would you please take them out and go to the book of Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 5, that is found in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5, if you'll go there today, we're going to look at um, a whopping one verse. One verse this morning, and, uh, but don't worry, we'll look at other scriptures as well. Um, but Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, as we conclude um, our series titled Just Be, uh, Becoming a Person that God Uses in uh, This New Year of 2022. Um, just want to tell you a little bit real quickly about next uh, week. Next week we begin a brand new series um, on the book of Luke, and uh, I've titled uh, that series, uh, uh, I've titled The Man, the Myth, and the Messiah. And so we are going to spend some time just uh, looking at Jesus and spending some time um, reading about uh, his life, studying him from, from the pen of Luke. And so um, I hope that you'll be there uh, with us over these next several, several months as we go through um, the book of Luke. But before that, we are going to conclude uh, our series today on Just Be. And just to give you a quick review of what we have uh, gone over in this series, as this was our New Year sermon series as we've moved into 2022. And really, there's a couple things we've looked at. The first sermon in this series, um, we titled Be Prepared. And we looked at Joshua chapter 1, when Joshua, who was uh, the leader of the Israelites after Moses had passed, and jo Joshua led the Israelites to the banks of the flooded Jordan River. And God told Joshua, he said, tell your people to get ready because in three days we're going to cross over the Jordan River, and so you need to get prepared. And so the idea was, as we move into this new year, all of us have some type of Jordan River that we have to cross, and so we want to be prepared when that moment comes that we have been prepared and we're ready to cross that Jordan River. And so we talked about being prepared. The second sermon in this series was, was titled, Be Prayerful, and we, we looked at what Jesus said about his house, that his house shall be called a house of prayer. Very good. You caught the, uh, the cues there. That was good. This would be a house of prayer. Um, and uh, we know that um, uh, Jesus did not say my house should be called a house of worship, although worship takes place there. He didn't say my house shall be called a house of preaching and teaching, although that takes place there. He said my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so we handed out hymn possible prayer cards where we talked about many of us have impossibles that we need to turn into hymn possibles. And we received several of those prayer car cards and just want to let you know that so far um, we have had that I know of at least two hymn possibles have already been answered. Can we give a hand clap of praise for that? And so the idea was we are going to boldly approach the throne of grace. We're going to go before him and say, God, this is what I need. This is what I see going on in my life. And we're going to ask. You know, the Bible says, and Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. Well, we're going to be a praying people. And then the third sermon in the series, we talked about being passionate. And we looked at Jesus's passion, which his passion was to make disciples. When Jesus left the earth, one of the last things he told us was this, go into all the world and make disciples. 
make disciples. And so uh, we looked at the text and we looked at what Jesus said and we determined that Jesus' passion should be our purpose. If Jesus came to make disciples and we follow Jesus, then we need to follow in his footsteps and make disciples. And so we want to tell others about Jesus, and then we want to raise them in the ways of the Lord. And then last week, as Britton already mentioned this, we talked about being present. Then we talked about just being present with the Lord, just sitting there in his presence, allow him to speak over us. And as uh, the prophet Zechariah says, uh, he says that he, that he rejoices over you and he sings over you. And we had a sweet, sweet time um, taking the Lord's Supper together, and it was a beautiful moment. Well, today, as we conclude our series, Just Be, I want to talk to you about be powerful. Be powerful. Now, when I say be powerful, what, what do I really mean by be powerful? Well, what I mean and what I'm thinking about when I talk about be powerful is this is that we are to be a people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we are to walk in the Spirit. And my desire for, really for my own life, and this is something I've been praying over the past several, several weeks, and I've prayed this for, for you and for us as a church, that, that, we, are, that we are Spirit-filled people, that we, that we walk in the Spirit, and we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look at our text this morning, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. This comes from, um, from Paul, who writes to the church at Ephesus. In verse number 18, he writes these words. He says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. One of my all-time favorite pastors is the name Chuck Swindoll. Many of you may know that name. Whenever I want a refreshing or I want to hear a word from the Lord or a word from another preacher or pastor, I often will go to Chuck Swindoll, Charles Swindoll. I love, I'd love to hear him preach. But listen to what he says about Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Swindoll said this, I don't know of a more important verse in the New Testament for the Christian than Ephesians 5, 18. Honest, no exaggeration. This verse tells the believer how to live an authentic, empowered life. I, I love that quote because I too believe that verse number 18 is instrumental in a walk of a believer. You want to live an empowered life, here's the key to it. If you want a life that represents Jesus to the lost and dying world, here's the key. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to dissipation, which another translation says, which leads to reckless living. He says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I mean, we're Baptists. The Holy Spirit scares us. Amen? I mean, it's kind of, what? We're going to talk about the Spirit? What, what is this? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean? What does it mean to walk with the Spirit? Can, can I do this? Is, is this something that, that I can do as a believer? Well, in order to answer the question, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me, let me answer the question, this question first. What, what does it mean to not be filled with the Spirit? Or what, what is being filled with the Spirit? What it is not? 
I think there's some misconceptions about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, and I make light of this, but then a lot of us as Southern Baptists, as Baptists, we kind of have some, we have a strange relationship with the Holy Spirit. We just, we just do. And we have some misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. And, and let me just share three of those with you uh, this morning. Number one, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not primarily about an emotional experience. It's not about an emotional experience. You know, many times when we hear um, about being filled with the Holy Spirit, here's what our mind goes to. Our mind will go to another church, maybe of a different denomination, like Pentecostal or Charismatic, and we'll go to uh, maybe a revival situation that they had, and we start, and we hear these stories of people kind of doing some different things, right? Are, Are you with me? So we hear some stories, maybe we've heard stories about people beginning to shake or people beginning to shout or, oh my goodness, or somebody speaks in tongues. It's hard to say in a Baptist church, tongues. Look at your neighbor and just say, speak in tongues. That's just hard to say. But we, we, we think that and we have this misconception about, we hear these things going on and we go, man, is that, is that, what, the Holy, is that what being filled with the Holy Spirit is? Is, is that what that means? And, and I, I don't doubt that these people who have an experience, that I don't doubt that, that there's some things that they're not wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not passing judgment on any of those uh, experiences that these people had, but, but for many of us, When we say be filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to think of, okay, we think of these weird things that happen. And so we automatically go there and we we say, whoa, 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 I'm I'm not doing that. That, That's just not me. Or, or, or Or we say this as well, another example of how being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an emotional experience. Many times, many times people who come to a worship service just want an experience. Does that make sense? Many times we, people just want to come to the worship service and they go, man, I just, I, just, I just want my heart to feel good. I just want my, I, want my, I just want to be, I just want, I want a feeling. And I just, I just want a, a feeling. And, and all of us in this room, probably at one time or another, you've had a moment like that where, man, worship was great. The, the preaching was great. I mean, you just sensed, you just sensed everything. Does that make sense? You're like, oh, this is really, really good. Um, but, but when it comes to worship, when it comes to worship and, and an emotional experience, it's so easy for us as humans that we come to worship for that experience and that experience alone. Are, are you with me? I just want to feel good. I, 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 want, I want to be on a high when I leave. And many times, many times we, we come just because we want that experience. But the scripture tells us when it comes to worship, Worship is never about the experience. The experience is always a byproduct of what you focus on. See, when we come to worship, it's, it's we focus on Christ and Christ alone, and we sing our, we lift our voices to him. That's what worship is. When we come together, when we come together as a body of Christ, we come together after we've been spending the week apart from one another, and we come together as one, we come here, we come to sing and lift up our praises to the Heavenly Father. And here's an amazing thing. When we focus on Christ and we sing, and we worship him, here's what typically can happen is that you will have some type of experience. 
but it's got to come in the correct order. Are you with me this morning? Let me give you another example. My, my daughter Avery, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, went to the eye doctor because she told us one day, she's like, oh, these words look fuzzy. It's like, okay, and that happens, and that's okay. So go to the eye doctor. She gets contacts and, and whatnot, and, and she puts the contacts in. This is a couple of weeks ago. She puts the contacts in her eyes, and our first question is, man, how do you, you know, what's it like? How do you see? And she said these words. She says, man, everything's crystal clear. You're like, yeah. Now, now stay with me, because in that moment, she had an experience, didn't she? It's clear. But she had an experience because her eyes were refocused. When we come into worship, we come in, we focus on Christ, and then we may have an experience. We may, we may not. But we focus on Christ, and that's what worship is about. But when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not primarily about an emotional experience. The second thing we need to learn about the Holy Spirit is this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not reserved for certain gifts. This piggybacks on what we were just talking about. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not reserved for those who have certain gifts. Um, there are certain gifts which I would call, and I think you would be in agreement with, I call them sensational gifts. Sensational gifts, meaning um, healings, um, speaking in tongues, miracles. Those are sensational gifts. Sensational being, you see those happen, and you go, Wow. But many times when we think of being filled with the Holy Spirit, too many of us say, oh, well, that's only for the sensational gifts. Is, that, is everybody with me this morning? And we make that thought. Um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's on the screen as well, but let me just read to you just a list of the giftings of, of the Holy Spirit. You can find another list in Romans chapter 12. You find it in Ephesians 4. You can also find it in 1 Peter chapter 4. But, but listen to what Paul says about gifts uh, from the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 4. It says this, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same, What? Same spirit, verse 5. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. Verse 6, there are varieties of effects, but the same God, look at this, who works all things in all persons. Verse 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. Meaning every gift is good for all of us, but we all have different gifts. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the what? Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same, what? Spirit. To another faith by the same, and to another gifts of healing by the one, verse 10, and to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Verse number 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So listen, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not reserved for certain gifts. It's not just certain gifts that are being filled with the Spirit. As a matter of fact, Scripture teaches us that being filled with the Holy Spirit is for every single believer, regardless of the gift that the Holy Spirit gives you. So if you have the gift of encouragement, you have the same spirit as the one who has the gift of, of tongues or as healings or of mercy or of, or of prophecy because they all come from the same 
Spirit. And here's number three. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, again, this ties back into the second one. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not for special Christians. It's not just for those who are, wow, these are super-duper great men and women of faith. That's not, that's not it. It's for every believer. Every believer, upon profession of faith in Christ Jesus, you receive the Spirit. And you receive all of the Spirit at one time. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says that this is at Pentecost. It says all the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, it says they were all filled. Acts chapter 9 says they were all filled. Acts chapter 13 says they were all filled. Every believer in every generation, in the past, in the present, and in the future, every believer in Christ is filled with the Holy Spirit, and it is not for a select believer. It's not. The Holy Spirit, listen, it can be a confusing thing. It can be difficult. But the way we overcome the difficulties is, number one, we've got to get rid of the misconceptions. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I remember, I remember when my first student pastor position, one Wednesday night in student ministry, I was teaching on the Holy Spirit, and I called the Holy Spirit it. Didn't even think about it. I just went on, just carrying on, you know. And then afterwards, one of my adult uh, sponsors, adult teachers, came beside me and she said, did you know you called the Holy Spirit it? I said, I didn't know that. And then she rebuked me. She said, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. And so whenever we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He is God, He is Christ, He is the Holy Spirit, it's the Trinity. And so when we have misconceptions about God, it messes up our life. When we have misconceptions about Jesus, it messes up our life. When we have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, it messes up our life. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If we want to be powerful if we want to walk in the Spirit and we know what it is not, then what, then what is it? What is the Holy Spirit? Well, let me give you just really just a couple things. And um, we may be done early this morning. Do y'all believe that? That's called a spirit of deceit is what that is. Let me just share, I'm just going to share just a couple things with you about what does it mean? What does it really mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Here's, here's number one. I want you to write this down. It's going on the screen as well. But number one, being filled with the Holy Spirit is living differently than the spirits of the world. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means that you and I as believers in Christ we live differently than the spirits of the world. Look back at verse number 18 in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, Paul says, do not get drunk with wine. Another term for wine is spirits. Do not get drunk with wine, for that leads to dissipation. All right, so for the next couple of moments, we are going to Greek out. I haven't Greeked out in a while. But I want us to Greek out because I want us to see what Paul really has to say about a passage that is so important in the life of, of a believer. 
So I want you to look at this text. Look at this phrase, do not get drunk. That phrase, do not get drunk, in the Greek, that is a verb. Again, when you're studying Greek, when you're studying the language, go to the verbs because the, ber- the verbs will really tell you what to believe and what the emphasis is on that passage of Scripture so that you never take it out of context. That's why it's so important that we understand what was written in its original language so that we understand and then we can pull that out and make applications to ourselves today. But here in verse number 18, do not get drunk is a verb. Now let me tell you, we're going to Greek out here, okay? The verb, it is present tense, imperative mood, middle voice. Don't you feel better? I mean, you have just grown in your spiritual maturity because of that right there. Well, let me break that down for you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Paul says, do not get drunk. The verb is in the present tense. Now, what does the present tense mean? The present tense means this, right now, right at this moment. You get the picture? Right now. Paul says, you do not get drunk. You do not live like the world now. Not, he's not, not referencing tomorrow because when you step in tomorrow, then what is tomorrow? It's now. So it's present tense. And when he says do not get drunk with wine, he says this is to not be a part of your lifestyle as a believer. You don't do it like the world do, does it. You don't do it. That's what present tense means. It's in the imperative mood. In imperative, in English, that's a command. So Paul is emphatic, saying, right now, believer, right now, church, that's who Paul is writing to, he says, right now, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to walk with the Spirit, if you want to obey the Heavenly Father, he says, you don't get drunk right now. You don't, it's not even an option. It's not an option. That's why drinking alcohol is so dangerous. Because when you begin to drink alcohol, guess what? It becomes an option to get drunk. Paul says, you don't do it. You don't do it. So it's present tense, imperative mood, and it's in the middle voice. Well, what in the world does middle voice mean? Middle voice means this, that you are the one responsible. You have responsibility. And so the first thing that Paul says is this, listen, if you want to have power in your life, if you want, if you want the Holy Spirit, when, when, whenever, you know, Paul says that, that we are the aroma of Christ, so that whenever you and I as believers, when we walk into a room, I'm telling you, people, this is going to sound kind of weird, but people smell you. They do. It's the aroma of Christ. Anytime you walk into a room as a believer, you have the aroma of Christ. Now, how strong you smell depends upon your purity. Are you with me? How strong you smell depends on you looking different than the world. Because when you look like the world, you smell like the world. And when you've been living like the world and you walk into the world, then the world will not know that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, you want power? You want to be a difference maker? 
you want to, um, you want to be filled with the Spirit, you want to walk in the Spirit, then you need to not get drunk with wine because that leads to reckless living, that leads to dissipation. And really the overarching idea is this, you live differently than the world. You live differently than the world. You don't do it the way the world does it. You don't talk like the world. Well, you can say, well, pastor, we, we, we live in the world. Yes, we do live in the world. But we're not to live like the world. You've heard the comment before, and I've, I've heard it as well, that said this, that some of us are too heavenly-minded to be any earthly good. Have you heard that before? Can I tell you something? That's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You need to be so heavenly-minded, so heavenly-minded, that when you walk in a place, people go, man, what is, what's different? It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of Christ who resides in you. Um, this, this past week, um, this past week, I, uh, it might have been last week, I had the lunch with um, a pastor by the name of Kenny Grant. Anybody remember, the, remember Kenny Grant? Kenny Grant, native of Brunswick, um, pastor at Calvary Baptist in Savannah. He has since resigned, stepped down for there, and now he's the teaching pastor at St. Simon's Community Church. And he's preaching there about 30 Sundays a year, but uh, um, it was great to connect with Kenny, and we had a, a, a great just a great time together. I would say that he and I are, are kindred spirits. We're both about five foot four. I mean, this is perfect. We when we talk, we can look each other in the eye, and it feels good. Can I be honest? This feels good. And we, and we just had a good and great conversation, a very honest conversation with one another. Um, and we talked about, you, you name it, race relations, liberalism, you name it. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, and then Kenny said something that I thought was really, really good, and it, and it points to this text here. He said this, and I may not get it correct, but, but he said this. He said, he said, too many times the church is getting too low to the ground. And what he meant by that was this. Too many times we as a church and we as believers, we're getting too low to the ground, meaning this. We're fighting the world's problems with the world's solutions. And we're getting down into the weeds and he says, what happens, and you know this, believer, you know this, that whenever you are a believer and you start getting too low to the ground, guess what happens? You get eaten up, don't you? You get spit up, spit out, and you're washed up, and, and no more. And King said, because, because you're too low to the ground. And he said, this is what we as believers need to do, we need to be up high. We need to speak higher than the world. We need to live higher than the world. Why? Because we're different. You've been called to live a different life. Once Christ came into you, you were given a new life. The prophet, the prophet Jeremiah says this, that, that, that too many times, as he was criticizing Israel, he said this, listen, if you would follow God and obey God, you would be satisfied, but instead you continue to dig your own cisterns of muddy water and you drink of the own muddy water and you know it never satisfies. And here Paul, continuing that theme, says, listen, you need to be different. Don't do it the way the world does it. And if you are different, here's what's going to happen. The spirit of the living God is going to be able to use you. Use you in a way that people are going to look at you and say, man, what is different about him? What is different about her? 
And again, it's not about you. It's about the spirit that resides inside of you. And I, I, I and several times in my life, I, I have prayed. I, I, I've prayed this prayer that I said, Lord, I pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit so much that whenever I'm walking wherever, Lord, I pray that just some of the Holy Spirit would fall upon them. Not because of me, because I just want them to know Jesus. I want them to know the, the power that the Holy Spirit can give. And so I just challenge you, say, God, just maybe just fill me so much that I would just overflow, and that whenever I walk, people say, man, so what, is, what is that? What's different? And they begin to ask questions, and I say, you know, you know what's different? It's Jesus. Well, that was not in my notes. We're not going to finish on time, so I'll just let you know. No, we may. Are you all with me this morning? Being filled with the Holy Spirit means you live differently than the spirit of the world. Because the spirit of the world blinds you so that you do not know what's going on. But the spirit of the living God has opened your eyes so that you can see, so that you have discernment, so that you can make good decisions. Students, this is so important for you. You live in a very difficult time. Being a student, people want you to follow along with them. It's very easy to follow along with the crowd. Well, pastor, if I don't do it the way the world does it, I will get ridiculed. I will get made fun of. I will get bullied. Congratulations. That's your lot in life. Moms and dads can't do anything for you. I can't do anything for you. But I know who can, and it's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who lives in you to be different. You have such an opportunity that I have never had, that my, that my parents have never had, that many of this room have never had. You are living in such an age that is anti-Christ, anti-God, so that all you have to do is be different, and man, people are going to see it, and you give you an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Man, we, we pray for you, and we pray that you will stand firm, that you'll stand strong in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's number two. Being filled with the Spirit means obeying the commands of Scripture. Look at the second part of verse number 18. Paul says, do not get drunk with wine. This is the negative aspect of being filled with the Spirit, for that is dissipation, that's reckless living. Now here's the positive aspect of being filled with the Spirit. Simply, be filled with the Spirit. Let's, let's Greek out. What does he mean? We know what he said about do not get drunk. What does he mean by be filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, that phrase, be filled, it's the Greek word plerao. Plerao, and, and plerao literally means this, to be filled to the brim. Not half empty, not half full, but it means plareo, be filled, be filled to the brim. Overflowing. One of the things that, that I love about Waffle House is I like their coffee because they give me the coffee in these cups that haven't been cleaned in about three weeks. Still have lipstick on it and stains on that. It was great. It's flavor, y'all. It's flavor. They fill your cup, you know, fill your cup, a cup of coffee, they fill it up. But what I've noticed, what I experienced may not be for everybody, but and the waitresses at Waffle House, they, they do not want my cup of coffee to go below the brim. I mean, I take one sip, and there's a waitress. You want me to top it off? Sure. 
Next thing you know, I'm drinking a gallon of Waffle House coffee. <laughs> but this is what I think about. Plareo, be filled to the brim. That it overflows. When, when Paul says be filled with the Spirit, he's not saying, oh, you're just going to get a little bit. He's not saying, oh, you're going to get some. You're going to get a tablespoon here and a, a cup there. No, he says, I want you to be filled with everything. Be filled so that your life overflows with the Holy Spirit. I mean, this Greek word, plareo, it's the same word that John uses in John chapter 12, verse 23. In John chapter 12, it's the story of the woman who comes to see Jesus, and she comes carrying uh, some, some perfume. Do you remember this story? She's bringing perfume to Jesus, and, and she does something strange. She, she breaks the perfume bottle, and she begins to, to, to pour this all over his feet. She's crying. She takes her hair, dries off his feet. And then verse 23 says this, And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. What does that mean? The entire room smelt it. I mean, you could go to the furthest back corner, and you're going to smell it. Why? Because it plareo, it filled the entire room. Acts chapter 2 uses the same word in referencing um, a Pentecost. You remember this story. Jesus ascends into heaven. He tells the disciples, hey, you go back to Jerusalem and you wait for me and I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, we read of Pentecost, the story when the Holy Spirit came uh, upon the believers. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2, it says this, and suddenly there came uh, from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. What does that mean? Everybody knew it. It's filled, plareo, over and over the brim. Plareo, again, let me begin Greek out here. It's a present passive imperative plural verb. Again, you have just grown in your spiritual maturity. I'm just telling you. What does this mean, Pastor? Let me tell you what this means. It's the present tense. It's the present tense. Just like Paul said, do not get drunk now. You don't do it now. Now. You don't do it. Instead, now, in the present, you are filled. You are filled. And it literally means a continual action. The present tense is not a one-time and it's done deal. Present tense means it is ongoing, it is continual. So for a believer in Christ, it means this, that I'm to be filled continually. I'm to be filled today, and then when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I wake up the next day, I'm to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, pastor, I thought you said, I thought you said once you believe, once you're a believer, I thought you said you get all of the Holy Spirit. You do. As soon as you profess Christ, you get all of the Holy Spirit. You get all of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any more of him. But what this means is that you are continually in his presence. You are continually confessing your sin. You are continually being in right relationships. You're continually obeying scripture so that, so that, it's a word that I use, um, so that you can be fillable. Sometimes we cannot get the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit because we just got a lot of junk inside of us already. Are you still with me? So we need to get fillable, and we need to do that today. Not only is it the present tense, it's the passive voice. The passive voice, what does that mean? In Greek, uh, you have active voice and you have passive voice when it comes to the verb. Active means this. Active voice means that you are the one doing that thing. Passive means that thing is happening to you. 
You with me? You with me? This group over here, y'all with me? Do I need to explain it again? All right, I'll explain it again. There we go. This group over here. Active verse, active uh, means, active verb means this, that the subject is being done, you're doing, the, you're doing the action. You're doing it. Passive means that the subject, or the, excuse me, it's being done to you. So Paul says, you be filled. So according to the passive voice, who's doing the filling? It ain't you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God. He's, he's the one that's filling you. When I was in high school, I had, I had a job. And I worked, how many of y'all remember? I worked at a full service gas station. Y'all remember those? It had that bell, the, the rope, the bell, that you drive across it, ding, and I'd come running out. Got my red handkerchief right here out of my pocket. And I'd go to the car. They'd roll down the window, and they would say, fill her up. What do they mean? They meant that I did it. I'm the one to fill up their car. They were not going to get out of the car. Passive voice means fill her up. It says you don't get drunk with wine. You don't do it the way the world does it. You don't do that. But today, you say, God, fill me. Use me. Present tense, passive voice, plural imperative. What does that mean? Plural imperative. Remember, I told you what an imperative means earlier. What, a, what, what does imperative mean? Say command. Awesome. It's a command. This isn't a suggestion. Paul says, you, you want to walk in the Spirit, you need to be fillable. You need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to do it. But here's the deal. It's plural. Wait a minute. It's plural? What does plural mean? It's plural. I don't know. It means multiple people, right? More than one. You would think in this context, Paul is saying, do not get drunk with wine, but you be filled with the Holy Spirit. If he was talking about you, one person, it would be singular. But here it's plural. So what does that mean? This is what I believe this means. I believe this means... Yes, when you, as a believer, every believer, every Christian is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. But who is Paul writing to? He's writing to the, say church. Do you get it? Do you get it? He's writing to the church at Ephesus. And so what he's saying to the church as a whole plural, because there's multiple people who make up the church, he's saying to the church, he's saying, you be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, church, you be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that somehow, someway, that means we as a church, as a body, there's 600 of us, whatever, there's 2,000 on our roster, whatever. That means you as First Baptist Church Brunswick, you every day, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? But the only way we can be filled with the Holy Spirit is if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, if you are not daily in the presence of God, and if you are getting drunk with wine, here's what happens. You actually can keep us from being filled. Does that make sense? It's sobering, isn't it? 
It's sobering to know that my sin, your sin, could keep us from something. So in order to be filled with the Spirit, Angela, can you hand me that water bottle, please? In order to be filled with the Spirit, um, let's say I wanted to fill this water, bo- this water bottle, I wanted to fill it with um, Coke. Um, in order to fill this water bottle with Coke, what, what, what do I, what's the first thing I've got to do? Take the top off and do what? I've got to pour everything out. Listen, many of us are not being filled with the Holy Spirit because we got a lot of the world in here already. And today, many of us need to pour out the world and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. And folks, here's the deal. This isn't an option as for a believer. It's a command. And so today, you got a choice to make. Am I willingly going to pour out the sin, confess my sin, repent? And then am I going to say, God, fill me up? Um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my family and I, we went out to eat. And uh, I love how God, I love how God does things. God gives me illustrations for a message that I'm going to preach. And so he gives me this illustration here. So my family and I, we go out to eat. I'm not going to tell you the name of the restaurant. Um, but it had a shack. We wanted ribs, and I wanted Shane to be there. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, Love the place. I love it. It's great. We love it. We go there a lot. Like it. We just wanted to go to that unnamed restaurant. And uh, we go there. We walk inside. There's people eating. Lights are on. TV's on. I mean, things are great. So we walk up to the, to the, to the counter. And uh, one of the workers said, have y'all ordered and are y'all planning to eat here? Uh, well, um, I said, well, we have an order, but we want to eat here. And the person from the unnamed restaurant said this, well, you can't order and you can't eat here because we don't have power. What? Angel and I, we look at each other. Some, I'm a redhead, and sometimes, do you know what I mean? Sometimes I say things, and I'm like, why am I, why, why? But she said, we don't have power. And so we look around like, the lights are on, the TVs are on, and there's people in there eating. And we're like, ah, uh, you don't have power? And she said, oh, yeah, 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 we, we don't have power back there, so we can't get you any food. And uh, I said, well, we're going someplace else. Um, but as the more I thought about that, this is what I thought. I thought, you know, I think that's a great picture of a lot of believers. 
Everything looks good on the outside, but there's no power. And plug into him today. And if you don't know him, plug into him. Ask somebody. Don't be afraid. Jesus loves you and he wants you and he will strengthen you and he will give you power and he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit but you got to come to him and today if you know him but maybe you're like the lights are on but nobody's home come home just come home just come home and let him fill you because he can do it Father, we thank you. I pray, Father. God, I pray that you would fill us. God, I pray that you would fill me. God, I know in my own life, I've done so many dumb things, and I'm sorry for those. I pray that you come fill me. Would you come fill our church, Father? Father, I pray that we would, that relationships would be made right, that marriages would be restored, and that lives would be saved. And Father, I just pray that you would come fill us. Just fill us, Father, please. And may we come home to you. In Jesus' name.